This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. day brings more conversation about the quarterbacks in the NFL that right now may be changing teams. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, significantly Lamar Jackson. But there are complications to the Lamar Jackson situation that makes it far more difficult than just one sweeping generalization. It's easy to come in and say, well, nobody wants to give him guaranteed minute, uh, guaranteed money. But there are complications even to that statement. And sometimes, as much as what we all want to do is yell because that's what social media loves, you need a little nuance and context in the conversation about what people are up against. Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance. By the way, it's almost tournament time. Tune in tonight for the ACC semifinals. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And when I say context, it's little things like understanding, I don't know, Harry, the, the very simple portion of this that... You know, legal tampering opens up Monday. An offer can't be made till Wednesday at 4. The Ravens will then have five days to match that. That is a complication if you're putting together your roster because how are you supposed to handle? You were a free agent. I mean, how are you supposed to, as a team, when we all know that Monday at 4 or Wednesday at 4 o'clock when it's official, everybody's going to be racing, right? Like, these are the the complications. And actually, we have Jeremy Fowler. So I'm going to bring Jeremy Fowler into this ESPN senior NFL writer. The Wolfpack grows by one on Fitz and Harry. Jeremy, you said this morning that there are some teams, when you were on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, that they don't even think there's going to be an offer made for Lamar, for example. My question is, when you don't know specifically what he's asking for, how are teams not even talking to him at some point to get these reactions so quickly? Don't you at least need to call Lamar and say, hey, what do you really want? Yes, but they do have an idea, probably talking to other teams around the league and knowing what Lamar's stance has been. Certainly, if a team is going to make an offer, they're going to call Lamar first and negotiate. Like, that's going to happen. But they know it's over $200 million in guarantees. I mean, that's kind of what it's been, you know, if you're doing a long-term, say, five-year deal. Uh, Now, maybe there you can get creative and work something out. But the standard is the standard in this case, you know, that he's wanted above Deshaun Watson money and guarantees. So uh, a team knows that they're going to get involved. It's going to be something hefty like that, plus two first-round picks. Uh, plus, you have to tailor your whole offense around him in a different way than the normal uh, pocket passer. So now, granted, great player, so should be worth it to do all those things. But these are the calculations that teams make, and you add some durability issues. And, you know, it's there's more to the calculation than just acquiring a great player. So that's just – that's why it wouldn't surprise me. But, I, you know, I still think somebody will step up at some point, depending on how free agency and, and the draft goes. And Jeremy, I got to ask you, when it comes to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, how likely is it that he's going to end up playing for the Baltimore Ravens again? I think it's fairly likely based on what we just outlined. I, I could see that shaking out that way where, A, another team makes an offer and essentially does the work for Baltimore where they match it, or B, there isn't an offer that comes in and, and uh, you know, he has the option to play on the tag. He can still negotiate with Baltimore, but those negotiations hadn't really gone anywhere. So um, at that point, he would have to decide if he's comfortable playing on that $32 million, which uh, even though you know, he, he's a, a principled individual who, who wants the right deal, it's hard to pass up on $32 million, no matter who you are. And so um, I, we would be going through the same song and dance, though, where he would miss 
some parts of the offseason workout, most certainly, probably some at training camp before he comes and signs that thing. So, Jeremy, as you just mentioned, you know, it, it, depending on how the draft plays out as part of this conversation, just sort of educate me a little bit because it feels complicated in my mind. I make everything complicated. Jeremy, you know that. But it feels complicated in my mind for a team to go through free agency, go through the draft, and then suddenly look around and say, okay, well, now what we need to do is add a 40 or $50 million quarterback, right. even if it's a, a short team. It, like, you have such a strategy in place when you hit those things. How could a team – add him after the draft in a way that makes sense? Well, I'll give you an example. Like, take Carolina, right? Like, they pick, I believe, ninth. Um, they would have to move up and give up a lot of draft picks to get uh, one of the top passers in the draft, theoretically. Uh, so let's say they make that calculation, and that's going to be tough to do. They don't want to do that, or they can't get the right guy, or somebody else is taking their guy. Um, and then, you know, they're not comfortable with, with Sam Darnold or another free agent being their long-term answer. Uh, then maybe you pivot, you know, and you look a little harder at Lamar. So that, those are some things with certain scenarios, certain teams where that could be in play. You know, Atlanta, that might be one as well. Uh, so it just really depends on which team's uh, circumstance they're in. You, you just have, you have to have a threshold for a huge salary cap number um, of, you know, what, $55, $50 million a year. And, you know, that's a quarter of your salary cap. And I, a lot of teams aren't comfortable with that. They've kind of hit that breaking point. And then you see the Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson trades, at least in year one, didn't work out so great. And so that gives some teams a little bit of reluctance. Now I want to shift things to the wide receiver world because, you know, wide receivers are amazing. Mm, and, you know, everyone why. loves them. Mm. Loves them, Jeremy. Uh, yeah. what, do, what do you expect the market for OBJ to be after his workout today in Arizona? Well, let's see how he looks, but I think the expectation is that he'll look really good, which he he typically does when he's healthy. So I would say, you know, going back to my conversations with teams when he was looking at, at, uh, you know, when he was visiting teams and thinking of his options, you know, Buffalo, Dallas, New York, the expectation was, okay, he's probably not going to sign right now, but he'll be the top receiving free agent. And I think the top receiving free agent, if I had to guess, would be around 15 million a year. Um, if if he doesn't get that, it's because of the age and the injury history. You know, like the teams just are too hesitant on that. Um, but, you know, if he can give you two good years to his Odell standard, then, then he's clearly the best receiver on the market, you know. Like we're talking about guys like Alan Lazard and Jacoby Myers getting big money, potentially Nicole Hardman, Paris Campbell. Um, Odell, if he's healthy and operating and normal, is above uh, those players. Where is Adam Thielen in that wide receiver mix now that he's been released? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll be in the mix. I mean, he'll go to a contender. You know, I don't know that the huge money will be his priority, um, but he's certainly got the pedigree for that. Um, you know, he's his thing is, like, can he still run at a high level? You know, like, can he get downfield and, and separate? I think that's the question with him. But he can still do everything else. Still a really good red zone threat, kind of sneaky good inside the 20, which – um, you know, teams can certainly have a place for and will give money for. Now, Jeremy, you know it wouldn't be a day if we didn't ask you about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and yeah. the Jets and that whole debacle. Where do you stand uh, with waiting for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets? Well, I stand by my phone uh, waiting for something <laughs> to happen. Um, the It seems to be at a stagnant point as of now. That's not because anything has gone wrong necessarily. It's just I get the sense the Jets are waiting on Aaron or Green Bay's waiting on Aaron or 
uh, Green Bay and Aaron just have some things to work out. I mean, you got to remember this 15 years together. So, you know, divorce can be tricky. So maybe there's some things in play we don't know about. But the parameters of the deal have been discussed all week by the Jets and the Packers. I feel like they're in a pretty good place there, I think. So uh, I expect it to get done. It just might not be today. When's no news, bad news in this situation? Mm, I'd say next week. But even then, I'm not overreacting to that. You're dealing with an uh, unpredictable player, right? Like it's just. It's been well documented, so I don't know how much time he needs or, or, how, or if he wants to meet with another team even. I just don't know. Um, you know, I've been told that the interest is mutual, which is a good sign, and I've also been told there are no other teams heavily involved, which is a good sign for the Jets, that is, uh, on both accounts. Well, as always, Jeremy, we appreciate your time. Before you get out of here, you want to tell me who the Raiders quarterback's going to be next year? I just figure I'd ask you instead of texting you. I mean, <laughs> got any insight? Yeah. You just want to let a guy know? They're, well, I've talked to a few teams who think the Raiders will, will at least look into Garoppolo and potentially sign him. So that's a good uh, good option, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, you can still draft a guy. You could do it in layers, right? Get the veteran bridge guy and get a draft uh, quarterback. <laughs> they'll, they'll look hard. Like, you know, they can get a C.J. Stroud or one of those guys. I think they'll look hard at it. And um, at one spot of time, they were discussing bringing back Jared Stidham. I don't know if that's changed or not, but I think they're open to that as well. The, just the tone that you said that with is so reminiscent of like when I try and do something athletic and everybody's like, you know what? It's it's fine. It's fine, Jeremy. I, I think you're telling me, you're quietly telling me not to have very many good uh, high hopes. Jeremy, I, I seen I seen his body slump yeah. when, when you you're said like, that. Jimmy, his, his posture <laughs> drastically changed. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into it. I'm like, yeah, that's good, right? Yeah, yeah. Garoppolo, right? That'd be okay. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not all that exciting, but you can win games with him. Sure, 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 sure. Whatever I got to tell myself. Jeremy, what I know is that we appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks for the insight uh, and just to comfort me this fall when I'm drinking too much and I'm texting you, why did we do this? I appreciate you. <laughs> no doubt. Glad to help. Glad to help. Thank you. <laughs> Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. A whole new meaning to the name Sauce Gardner. We'll explain why next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Multiple Jets team officials fly out to meet with Aaron Rodgers in person. You put the owner on the plane, you put the team president on the plane, you put the head coach, GM, the offensive coordinator on the plane. You're not doing that because you're hoping he'll listen. You're doing that because you're hoping to walk away with some sort of resolution. That certainly indicates a strong chance that it's heading in the direction of him being traded to the Jets. I'm going to leave that door open. Oh. I'm going to leave that door open. I'm going to leave the door open, girl. I'm telling you. Producer Evan, when you get home tonight, you just turn on Bruno Mars. Light a couple candles. And the only thing you need to send in the group text is, thank you. Hey, I'm like, can you imagine Evan jumping off the ceiling fan and his little feet dangling? His little feet dangling in the air while he going around and around on the ceiling fan. Evan, Evan kicks the door open, presses a button. This song starts playing in the background. There are candles all over the place. The light, he, he claps twice. There's a clapper here. 
the lights all go off. It's just candles. And then, oh, it's just like, in my mind, he's wearing like a Velcro one thing that just rips off. <laughs> his feet dangling around the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. ESPN, i serious XM channel. How'd you get that so accurately? <laughs> Have you been there? <laughs> oh my god we're presented by progressive insurance which i'm 100 percent sure they're happy that we tell you right now uh obviously uh, i can't even there's no segue there's no segue that's gonna I get me to the Jets. insurance after that fits oh my god <laughs> uh sauce gardner uh, is out there uh speaking of saucy uh sauce gardner out there uh he's let it be known to the world that if Aaron Rodgers signs he will turn a cheese headed to cheese sauce and uh now he's out here on his stream he did one of those twitch streams last night. Uh, this is the oldest man statement I've ever made. One of them tri- Twitch streams. He did a Twitch stream last night with Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall sitting next to him and said that if Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets, this is a quote, it's package deals all over. I can't tell y'all who, but just know. So, he did burn the cheese head on the Twitch uh, stream, by the way. He streamed the burning of the cheese head. Uh, as yet, unconfirmed if he tried to use it as fondue. If he did, uh, just a little note, like if you ever go to a place like the Melting Pot, it's not just cheese. Like, you have to do a little bit more to it. Like, there's a base, there's usually, uh, you know, so, so, some other liquid that goes out. Like, you're not just making fondue. You gotta anyway. make a roux. Oh you gotta God. make a roux with the flour and the butter, and that's how the cheese gets thick. That's how you do it at home. To sure. make, which also is I bet a, that's how they do it at the Melting Pot. No, the melting pot. I worked at the melting pot for one day, like one day in my life. Uh, wow, quitter! I, I, literally, I I was. This is you know what we're just going to go into random story time that nobody really cared about. But uh, I, I will tell. Oh yeah, do we have story time? Do we have like the the big Javante? While you pull up story time, I'll just start the story. You interrupt me. Um, I was supposed to go out on the road. My first like big gig that I was going to get paid by anybody uh, was to go out and play for a band that was called Sixpence None the Richer, and they had a big song on it at the time called Kiss Me. Right. It was, uh, Sit down and listen. Gotcha. This is Storytime with Fitz and Harry. So Sixpence is going to hire a quartet. And so I was hired to put together, write all these string arrangements and take the string quartet out on a really popular band, World Tour. Uh, and then, unfortunately, last second, I couldn't go on the world tour. A lot of things, uh, but mostly I, I got a record deal at the time, and the record label wouldn't let me go out on tour. So I had to find a job, right, Harry? Like, so I'm sitting here, I'm like, I don't know where to work. I thought I was going to be on tour for the next year. I have no money. So a buddy of mine was like, you should go work at the Melting Pot in Nashville. They're hiring. So I went into the Melting Pot one day, and like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, and you shadow the first day, right? Shadowing a server. And I shadowed, and like you had to start with this like uh, this like uh, broth base, and that's how they do everything there. Like you start with this broth base, and they're putting in all these ingredients, and I'm talking to like I'm standing there trying to be personable at the table, and then like the people at the table started asking for 52 different things at once, and you know me, like if it's not right in front of me, I struggle with it, right? So all of a sudden, like trying to remember which one. So I brought the drinks out, and the lady was really rude to me because I put the wrong drinks in the wrong place, and I just looked at the guy I was shadowing, and I was like, you know what? This ain't for me, man. I'm out. I didn't even make it through a whole shift. I made it through like two attempts at making cheese fondue, shadowing somebody making cheese fondue, and then I walked out. That that is. What do you need? You need peppers. You need onions. You need what? What else you no, need? Like you you know, start, the, the hell with like, this. I'm out of here. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm out. I'm handing you a plate of like random things, and they're asking me how to cook it in the fondue, and I'm like, y'all, I don't know. I've been working here like six seconds. I'm out of this. But yeah, they start with like this little uh, broth base, and then like from the broth base, you add like the cheese blend, and then you start stirring it vigorously. So it's a, 
It's a whole yeah, process. Yeah, I'm out on that. I'm not trying to work that hard. I need it already to be made when I get there. I thought it was always weird, too. Like, you pay a bunch of money to go to a place where you essentially cook your own food. Like, what? what is this? Like, I, I don't Not know. happening. I can't imagine sitting down at the steakhouse that we were talking about earlier, and somebody walks up to Harry, and they're like, hey, man, having a hard time with the steak. Why don't you go ahead and come into the kitchen and take care of things? I, 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 so, Sauce Gardener making a cheesehead sauce, I don't know if it was edible. But I do know he came out and said, it's package deals all over. I can't tell you who. But just no. What do you make of it, Harry? Like, I, I don't know what I trust from anybody anymore. Well, no. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is that if the Jets are able to acquire Aaron Rodgers, I'm, I know Aaron Rodgers is close with a few guys on the Packers team, and he would want, you know, some of those guys to come with him. Now, how they work that out, I don't know. I guess they're going to figure out, try to get it done. But we know the guys that he's close with. Batiari. You know, Randall Cobb, those are two guys that he that he you know, he spends his time with outside of football, hanging out with those guys and their significant others, uh, and whatnot. So uh that's all I got on you know, that's all yeah, I got but, from but it really. Isn't, isn't that kind of weird though to think that right now we're not all, everybody's waiting to see what Aaron wants to do, including now you got like his buddies with the Packers are like Hi, honey. Are we moving? I don't know, honey. It depends on whether or not Aaron wants to play next year. And then can well, we work Rand- out Randall Cobb is a free agent, though, right? Oh, Along yeah, that's with fair. Al yeah, Lazard is a free that's agent fair. as well. That's fair. I mean, uh, and and it does sort of raise an interesting question about the Jets in general because they're bending over backwards for Rodgers, and there could be a bunch of pieces to come into this. But I keep thinking about how much they need to be asking Aaron Rodgers right now about his investment. Like, in my mind. Harry, he's got to be at OTAs. And part of the reason he has to be at OTAs is because of what we're going through right now. If you need to go to the darkness to figure out whether or not you want to continue to play football and you want me to give up draft picks and $60 million and all of these other things to bring you in, I at least got to know you give a damn about football, which means I want you to show up. I want you to be around. I want you to have the Aaron Rodgers effect on the locker room, no? Yeah, no, you want that. But at the end of the day, you also... You know, let reality uh, creep in, and, and you start to see things what what ha- transpired during the football season in your quarterback room. And Aaron Rodgers is a guy, you know, because you know the Jets and the Packers played each other this season, and after the game, he was very, very fond of the New York Jets and their football team when he went on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah, this is what he said. Let me pull it up. I didn't have it. I have it now. The difference between winning and losing is so minutely thin. A team like the Jets, who, you know, have always been the Jets or whatever. That's kind of the, the moniker around them. That's not the same old Jets. You know, this is a good football team. They're very well coached. they got good players. They're 4-2 and two for a reason. Now, who knows what they're going to finish, but they're playing well. Oh, I like this. Let me tell you why. One of the things that Aaron Rodgers notices about the New York Jets is that even though they have young players, these young players have some moxie to them. How many people can go into Lambeau Field and, you know, take a cheese head, rock it in post game, and wear it? Like Sauce Gardner, who happens to be a first-team All-Pro. How many people like Quentin Williams can be dominant on the defensive line and be comfortable in this skin? You see Garrett Wilson and the way he plays the game at the wide receiver position. Brees Hall, what he meant to the Jets before he got injured in the seven games that he played. Then I'll throw one more in there. John Frank, or Franklin Myers, what he's meant to the Jets defense, who happened to be top five. Aaron Rodgers notices that these young guys, 
for the Jets, have some moxie to them. They have some you-know-what in their necks, and they're not backing down from anybody. And when you're an older guy looking to go play with some guys and they happen to be young, they might want to have that DNA in them, and they have it. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Like, if the rest of the roster are the, the – they got the biggest grapefruits in town, it's not uh, not the worst thing to bring in Aaron Rodgers to that situation. You're right. There's a different swagger. I still think OTAs are important, though, to they that are. point because not only will it bring them together, but because Aaron Rodgers is so public in the way he handles the development of his wide receivers, I want him to be in the room as much as possible as they continue to develop together. That's just me. It, it, we'll keep breaking it down, but we got to get to the NBA. Big news about Kevin Durant. But here's the thing. Even if Kevin Durant doesn't play another game during the regular season, I still think the Suns are headed to the NBA Finals. Now, you may have thought I've lost my mind, but we'll ask one of our best experts next if I'm as stupid as you think. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I'm Christine Lisi. World number one golfer John Rahm withdrew from the Players' Championship shortly before the start of today's second round due to a stomach illness. Colin Morikawa and Chad Ramey are tied for the lead, live streaming of the Players' Championship on ESPN+. NFL, the Vikings, who need to shed significant salary before the new league year starts on Wednesday, released receiver Adam Thielen. In the aftermath of the signing of quarterback Derek Carr, the Saints offered QB Jameis Winston a restructured deal to remain with the team. If Winston declines, he'll be released. Syracuse today introduced new men's basketball Basketball coach Adrian Autry. He succeeds Hall of Famer Jim Beheim, who said today he was thrilled to be retired and has felt better the last two days than he has the last 47 years. He coached the Orange for 47 years. Champ Week continues tonight with the Big 12 semis. Coverage at 6.30 Eastern, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is Fitz and Harry. You know, we've got two great producers on the show, and I like to make your mom jokes to Devin whenever possible. Tell the world what you say every time I make your mom joke. Oh, come on! Rob Palenka sat down at his desk. He poured himself a nice glass of whiskey. He's taking a sip, and he's saying, man, I did the impossible today. And then all of a sudden, Devin, what did he say a few hours later? Oh, come on! See? (laughs) I'm telling you! It's Fitz and Harry, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Just tell them to play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, love Fridays. Where your Friday afternoon sets the tone for your Friday night. And we're going to set the tone for your whole weekend in the NBA. We're going to let that wolf pack grow by one. Tim Bonteps, ESPN NBA reporter, joining us right now. Tim I'm going to give you the opportunity that Twitter loves to take advantage of every single day to tell the world that I'm an idiot because here's my thing. I understand that KD, uh, we now know it's an ankle sprain, will be reevaluated in three weeks. We don't know what all that means. I'm just not that worried about it. It looks so good when they were together. I feel like as long as they get together for the playoffs, they're still going to be just fine. Am I being flippant about the injury? Well, we had this conversation on the Hoop Collective uh, for today's pod and my co-host Brian Winters and Tim McMahon agreed with you. I do think that's kind of insane only from the standpoint that, you know, yes, if Kevin Durant is healthy and on the court and playing, I'm sure things will be fine. The problem is you can't just assume he's going to be on the court and playing and everything will be fine. Given the fact that we're talking about a guy who 
will have potentially only played three games in three months by the time the playoffs have started and will have not played a single home game with his team, will have not played with the team maybe in a month after sitting out for three weeks after the trade to then come back and play. And you're then talking about him having to go through the playoffs and play, you know, 40, 42, 44 minutes a night probably every other night for two months for this team to win a championship, right? So, like, yes, in a vacuum, if you told me right now Kevin Durant's going to come back in a month and it'll be fine and there won't be any injuries during the playoffs, sure. I think you feel okay about where you're at with the Phoenix Suns because he's one of the most plug-and-play players from a superstar standpoint the league has ever seen. But I think it's just sort of insane to hand-wave away his injury concerns at this point. It's like, oh, yeah, no big deal. He's going to be fine. I, I feel bad saying that because Kevin is an all-time great player and an incredible guy to watch. But history tells us that this is a significant thing to monitor, and it's it's not something that's just going to go away anytime soon. Uh, which, by the way, Harry, before you go to your question, is all very reasonable and smart analysis by Tim. But his other co-hosts, uh, they, they agreed with me. So that, that's the only part I'm going to tell anybody. <laughs> very, very smart <laughs> point right, by Tim. Listen, it's fine. I felt like I was uh, on crazy pills on the pod because I was just <laughs> like, I don't understand how you guys could say it's just totally fine that this guy's hurt. Because, again, yes, Kevin Durant, healthy, all-time great player, great fit with Devin Booker. We saw that in the three games, right? Those guys are playing great. But the bigger thing to me is this just only reinforces my concerns about the Suns, which is Devin, Kevin, and Chris Paul all have very significant health concerns at this point. And we've already seen that play out in the month he's been with the Phoenix Suns. So, Tim, i got to ask you this. What's a bigger concern? The Warriors and their road woes or the Suns and Kevin Durant and his injury? I would say it's Kevin and his injury because and, and I, I it's a it's a good question because both things are real problems. Um but I think when you just look in general at the situation here, obviously I don't feel good about the fact that the Phoenix or that the Warriors have not been able to you know, win any road games and have less road wins than every team, but Phoenix and Houston are at San Antonio and Houston, who both stake and are at the very bottom of the league. Right. So that, that is obviously a huge problem, but uh, to me, they, if, if the, if the Warriors can get Andrew Wiggins back and have their five man unit on the court, their five man starting lineup has been the best lineup in the league this season over a 300 and something minute sample size, a very large sample size. So, to me, if those guys are out there and playing and, you know, this Wigan, you know, Wiggins has some personal matters to deal with. It's not an injury situation. I feel like I still am going to take Golden State to win the West if they're out there because I don't trust any of these other teams. Whereas with the Suns, this has been the issue I've been concerned about from the moment they made the trade. And until I see something, until I see them get through the playoffs, like I just am going to be waiting with bated breath for sort of the other shoe to drop with Phoenix because I just don't trust these guys to be on the court, which stinks because you don't want to think about a team like that. But, you know, Kevin Durant has missed hundreds of games the past three and a half seasons. I mean, and it's just hard for me to see him going through the playoffs at full strength. And with how thin the Suns are, the only way they're going to win is if those guys are all available. I just think the chances of that are not very good. 
All right, so Tim, educate me then. Make make me smarter here with the Warriors. Why are they terrible on the road? Why is their point differential historic uh, when it comes to the points they're giving up on the road? What's going wrong? It's. I wish I could tell you. I mean, it's it's one of the more remarkable things we've seen in the league maybe ever when you look at how bad they have been on the road and how good they've been at home with their pedigree. Like, it, it's staggering how bad they've been. I mean, they're – they're third in the league in defense at home. They're 28th in the league in defense on the road. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, they've, they've gone, you know, basically reverse records at home and on the road. It, it really is stunning how bad they've been. And, and I don't have a good answer as to why. I, I mean, I think certainly if the Warriors had a good answer as to why, they would have fixed it by now, right? But I, I just, it is, it is one of the more dumbfounding things you'll ever see. And, you know, it's even been like, times that they've had step out and, and, you know, they've won at home anyway. I mean, it's, it's, it's really remarkable. And I, I wish I did know why, and I, I don't. And again, it's, I, I understand why people are like, how can you trust this team in the playoffs? The bigger thing for me is I just look across the Western conference and I don't trust any of these teams in the playoffs. And so, you know, to me, golden state is sort of the answer by default because of that. I tell you this humbly, and I've told you this before. I listen to Hoop Collective, and I read your work because you make me smarter. So when you don't have an answer, it actually makes me feel a little better about sitting here (laughs) saying, I can't figure this out. Tim, appreciate your time, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Have a great weekend. Thanks for the insight, my friend. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. ESPN NBA reporter Tim Bonteps there. The Grizzlies were getting it done last night against the Warriors. Getting it done brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. You just heard Tim Bonteps say right now he doesn't have any confidence in any team in the West. The question is, do we? We'll have a little confidence meter fun across the NBA next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. Can you put some respect on Jason Tatum's name, though? Because you haven't mentioned him not one time, and I'm about to jump through this camera and jump through this phone on you, Fitz. I mean... Like, can you put some respect? Not respect with a how, with an E-C-T, okay. but with an E-K, respect. Jason put some respect Tatum, does that... Was that was Jason Tatum's Jason name, Jason Tatum, was that a respectful way to do that? Because, like, like, by the way, Giannis, did I mention Giannis? Like, I'm putting Giannis in that conversation way before Tatum. What's like, his last name? I'm Giannis Antetokounmpo. Look, I, I got that fanciness. Like, there ain't no doubt about it. I got that fanciness. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Jason Tatum. Is that how you put respect? On? I'm just making people really uncomfortable <laughs> with middle-aged white men trying to talk about respect. Just when you were uncomfortable, you're suddenly comfortable again. Setting the mood on a love Friday on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. After Friday night, you're probably going to need just some rest. This weekend, tune into the NBA action Sunday night. The Lakers host the Knicks, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Now, we did something yesterday. We had a little fun. 
we had a little bit of a panic meter, right? Like scale of one to five panic. One was I'm sitting on the, the couch. I had two edibles. I can barely understand anything anyone's saying. I'm relaxed. Five was, I believe your analogy was Miss Piggy chasing around Kermit with a knife. All right. So that's where we were, one to five. Today, instead of panic, we're going to do confidence. All right. So like think of this as a like a swaggy meter. Like like just that, that little bit of, okay, I'm walking into the club and I'm playing like, you know, like a, a one is I'm walking into the club and I'm wearing a wooden bow tie, and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm here to party. Like, that's what. I got absolutely no confidence, no swagger. I don't belong there, all right? Five is the other side of this. Like, I walk in with my playlist player, and I got bass. Like, I walk in, and Drake and The Weeknd are both behind me singing Not together. Not like this. You walk in, and them, and them ladies all on you. Mm. You walk in, and them ladies are all on you. That's another way to say that. Yeah, that is. Uh, I wouldn't know what that's that feels five. like. That's the five. That, okay. okay, so basically, a one is Evan, a three is me, and a five is Harry. That's where we are, right there. Right, right. Evan, Evan. I hope so. Okay. That's uh, the first time I've ever been a one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we say that with so much love. Uh, Javante is like a 14 because he put this playlist together. So all he does is walk in and he says, I've got the playlist. All right. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have the guys, uh, they're going to hit us with the team in the NBA and we're going to figure out what our level of confidence is in that team to go out in the playoffs and let's say make it to the NBA finals. All right. So like your level of confidence that they can go on a deep run in the playoffs. Evan, hit us with the first team on the list. The Phoenix Suns. I mean, my confidence meter, my God. Like, I'm not walking in with Drake in the weekend. I am Drake in the weekend. I'm both of them together in one. Like, I I walk into the room. I, I have the same level of confidence as whatever you think the most swaggy person in the world is if I am the Phoenix Suns. It is not a five. It's a 5,000 because I know that my four can beat your 10. Like, my my top four can beat whatever you're putting on the floor. You go ahead and have a good time with them. I believe they will be healthy when they need to be healthy. I'm, my confidence meter is 5 million at this point. I'm going to go four here. And the only reason why I'm not going five is because of the health of this team. we got to make sure Kevin Durant's going to be healthy. we got to make sure Devin Booker doesn't get hurt again. Uh, CP3, he's had his history of injury. So that's the only reason why I have him at a four, not a five. But I do believe in the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I, I love, love, love. Look, my my level of confidence is simple. I've tripled down at this point. I got a lot of money on Phoenix. Go ahead. The New York Knicks. To go to the NBA final, my level of confidence, like when Evan gets <laughs> home tonight and he puts on the playlist and his wife, who's a saint, is going to look at him like, you've got to be kidding me. That's how I feel every time a Knicks fan comes in and is like, we're making it to the finals. No, you're not. You are not. All right. You are not. Your level of confidence should be a one. You're not going to the NBA finals. Yeah, I'm going to go with a one here as well. We just had Mark Morales fill in recently, and he literally told me on air that the if the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks were to match up, that the the Knicks would beat the Celtics in a series in the playoffs, and I literally looked at him like he was crazy. I, I do so want to give you. One. I do want to give you one fun stat. Since 1995, I had stats and info. Look it up. Seventy percent of the time, the team that wins the regular season series also wins the playoff series if they play each other. Ooh. However, except when the Knicks recently played the Hawks, when they went three and zero in the regular season, and the Hawks won that series. I believe it was four games to one. Sorry, Knicks fans, yeah. I still love you. I think there's four or five of those examples. The Knicks, one of the few teams that don't hold that edge. Go ahead, Evan. Who we got next? The Sacramento Kings. Oh, I want like I want Sacramento. Sacramento's like, look, I, I I'm fully willing to admit that Annabelle, my puppy, 
is she's delightful. She's adorable. She's beautiful. But if I took her to like a real show competition, she would not win, right? But she's endearing and everybody loves her. The Sacramento Kings are Annabelle in this case. Like, she's a beautiful dog and everybody loves her and she's great. But when you're playing with the big boys, you ain't going to play with the big boys there. Yeah, I love what they're building. My level of confidence is like a three. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three and a half. Oh, and I love what Sacramento's mm-hmm. been able to do this season, especially with De'Aaron Fox and the way he's playing. They drafted Keegan Murray, Sabonis, Malik Monk coming off the bench, scoring uh, like no other. But there's one thing that they, I think they're missing. They're missing that superstar that can get them over the edge. That will come into play. When it comes to the postseason, especially if they decide to make a deep run. By the way, the longest drought we've seen in any major professional sport belongs to the Sacramento Kings. I only say that because if they make the playoffs with that core you just talked about, I wonder if it changes the way one of those superstars sees Sacramento as a destination. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. All right, so look at that. That's Hey, three, three and a half is more than Sacramento ever usually gets. What do you got next for us, Evan? The Denver Nuggets. I mean, my confidence level in Denver's a five. Uh, I, I know they haven't done it in the past, but uh, the fact is you can only continue to be the most dominant team in your conference repeatedly while you've got the what we think is going to be three-time MVP and not, I mean, get some level of respect. They've had some nice additions this year. They're playing even better than they were last year. They continue to grow. I think if I'm a Denver fan, even though I can't watch them in the local market, nobody ever talks about my team, I'm still wildly confident. I'm going to go four and a half here. Oh. Uh we know what Jokic means to the game of basketball, not just the Denver Nuggets, but the game in itself. Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, love the way he's playing. Michael Porter Jr., this team can make some noise. You just don't want to run up into that matchup where, you know, they're going to be favorable, and next thing you know, they lose that series. But I am, I mean, I am at a four and a half on the Denver Nuggets. Second best record in the NBA, too. All right, but what's the next one, Evan? The Philadelphia 76ers. Four. I'll give him a four. I think Philly in a packed East can make an argument, and Philly fans will make an argument, especially with Embiid playing as well as he's played this year, that they can take on anybody. I just, I said it before, I'll say it again. I don't trust Harden in big games. I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go four here as well. Okay. The thing that makes me nervous about Philly, and that's why the, the one seed is important, not only do you have to play probably Boston if it if it plays out right 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 now, but then now you got to play Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if you're going to still have enough juice to win that series. Yeah, well, if uh, Milwaukee and Phoenix don't make the NBA Finals, I'm not going to have any juice in my bank account. I'll tell you that much. All right, coming up, why even the players and coaches are telling you one game this weekend matters more than any other. We'll explain it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 